time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Here we go, Las Vegas, at 12 noon in the Valley. You are listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Coming to you from Studio 31 at City National Arena in downtown Summerlin, Nevada. We welcome you in. Alongside Darren Elliott, I'm Dan Duva. Glad you could be with us today as the Knights return home after a winless and goalless road trip. They will host the Nashville Predators tomorrow and the Chicago Blackhawks on Saturday. And Darren, there's plenty to talk about today. There's the road trip. There are the upcoming games, the standings, the unresolved trade situation. What's the latest with Evgeny Dodonov and the trade with the Ducks? There's some Additional news with trades around the National Hockey League. The trade deadline was on Monday. And then we'll also get another perspective on today's show. There have been a lot of guys up from the American Hockey League. Zach Hayes was one of the recent players to make his NHL and Golden Knights debut. Chatted with him before the game yesterday. We'll share you a little bit of his story. That'll be fun later on in the broadcast. So that's what's coming up here on Nighttime at Noon as we kick it off on this 23rd day of March 2022. How's it going, Darren? Very well, except for the wins and losses. Right, the wins and losses, not so much for the hockey team. No, I mean, it's... uh... It's tough times. Let's be honest, and it's uh, it's dire at, at this particular juncture because you know the playoff positioning is hanging in the balance. And as we are speaking, Dan, we're on the outside looking in, which has not happened to this franchise uh, very much in its existence. No, uh, scant opportunities for the Knights to uh, come up short. They have oftentimes found themselves not in much of a race when they've made the That's playoffs. Right. They have either been so far ahead of the field, they've been leaders for long stretches of time, like in year one or last year. The other situation that came about was a couple years ago when they were pretty much locked into third in the division. They couldn't move up. They were not in much danger of collapsing and missing the playoffs altogether. And uh, it's a bit strange now. So while there is a little bit more... um, concern there's also a little bit more drama (laughs) and to a degree that makes it more interesting down the stretch with 16 games to go i'll take less interesting and uh, (laughs) pass on the angst thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) so just for point of reference here the golden knights are now 66 games into their season so game 67 is tomorrow against the nashville predators at t-mobile arena that is a seven o'clock start and by the way the predators played last night in los angeles and got thumped 6-1 6-1 to one was the final score for the Kings. And with that, um, one of the teams right there with the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars for one of the two wild card, uh, wild card spots. So as of this moment, Vegas is on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. We've talked about it with reference to points, which is really all that counts, but also points percentage. We got all high on points percentage, the season that right. teams play different number of games. But Bottom line is, at the end of the season, everybody's going to have played 82 this year. So, go by points, despite games in hand. Vegas now, by points, is outside of the playoff picture. They're at 72. The Dallas Stars played yesterday. Dallas was victorious against the Edmonton Oilers, another team the Knights are chasing. Final in Dallas was 5-3. Got a comfort-behind effort there in that one, actually, to make it 73 points. So that makes Dallas one point up on the Knights, and they have not one, not two, not three, four games in hand over the Golden Knights. 
The Nashville Predators, meanwhile, they are six points up on Vegas and five points up on Dallas. So those are the teams right now in the mix for the wild card spots. Watch out for the Winnipeg Jets now because the Jets, who also have two games in hand on the Knights, they are at 72, excuse me, 70 points, two behind the Golden Knights. So you got all that? Nashville 78, (laughs) Dallas 73, Vegas 72, Winnipeg 70. And I'm not going to go beyond that, <laughs> just uh, for the point of this conversation. Well, you're talking wild card. I mean, it, it looks like you're battling there, certainly. Uh, but you have Edmonton. I mean, the Pacific Division looks like the path in, potentially. That's the next part of the equation. So I mentioned <laughs> that the Edmonton Oilers did come up with the loss in Dallas yesterday. So pick your poison in that game. Who are you rooting for? Edmonton loses. So the Oilers remained third in the Pacific Division. There are three points back of the Kings and three points up on the Golden Knights. So they're right there in between the Kings and the Knights in the Pacific Division. Uh, Calgary is, I don't want to say running away with it, but they are pretty clear of the field, 84 points. They're comfortable. Six points ahead of second place L.A. So, again, Calgary 84, L.A. 78, Edmonton 75, Vegas 72. And I'm not going to get the Canucks into the conversation down there at 68. So you said it, Darren. What is the more likely path for the Knights to get a playoff spot? Do you think it's going to be one of those wild card spots, or might it be jumping Edmonton and or Los Angeles? Yeah, to me, it looks like maybe it's just because I can only focus on one thing at a time. That's Edmonton. Because with the wild card and the central, where, are they, where do they? Because some teams, they're close. Right, there might be some that might change who the what it might be Minnesota, right? Like c- coming out of the central, and they might drop into the wild card. A few race. days ago, it was the Blues, and now the Blues are in second place in their division, right. they have gone ahead of Minnesota. So, to me, it's like it's been a precipitous drop 6 12 and 1 since you were four points up way back when after beating Edmonton, you know, February 8th, uh. Or nothing. Lost the next game to Calgary, and it's been nothing but sliding down, sinking since then. And you've let, as you just enumerated, Dan, everybody else back into the equation. So it's not only just the people behind you; everybody else has, you know, kind of gone by, past you. And there's like, like teams like Winnipeg, who are like, what? We're, we're back in? Yeah. So point of reference to that date, and you mentioned February 8th was the win the Knights had in yep. Edmonton. That was the first game after the All-Star break. So include that win. Right. Since then, uh, including that win, Vegas has a record of 7-12-1. and one. Okay, yeah, I didn't include that one. But. 7-12-1 and one since the All-Star break. Winnipeg, on the other side of things, is 12-7-3. and three. Right. That pretty much and says it all. Ga- and that's like seven. I like the fact that you include the, the, that win after because it's that right after the All Star break. Yeah, post All Star break is it, kind of the way to look uh, at it. Yeah, and it's twenty games. Yeah, it, it's roughly a quarter of the season. Yeah, it, 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 so it's been a precipitous drop over. And, and I'm telling you, fans, we've all agonized through it together. <laughs> believe me, and, and it, it hasn't been for lack of trying. It's just been lack of results. And you all of a sudden have changed the dynamic entirely in the Western Conference. And now you are chasing. And you haven't been in this situation very much, as we talked about. Right. So that is where the Knights stand. That's why they call them standing, after all. (laughs) And there are uh, opportunities on the regular to collect a couple of points here, a couple of points there. One of the struggles has been, I mentioned the record of 
seven, twelve, and one, they're not getting any of those extra points, right? They're not going to overtime and no. losing or going to a shootout and losing. They can't even collect those points as compared to again. I mentioned Winnipeg. Uh, Winnipeg has ten extra time defeats this year. Ten. That's ten extra points, right. whereas the Knights overall have four all season. And that's what makes it so difficult at this time of the season to be chasing because of the potential for three-point games. Teams that you are chasing, they might lose but pick up a point. If you lose in regulation, as you've talked about, 7-12-1, uh, that's 12 games you know no points yeah, at yeah. all. And, and so, you know, um, that's how we got to where we're at right now. If you're following along on the radio, I apologize because you can't see what we're showing our viewers on our various streams, but we just shared all the numbers. If you're watching on Twitter or all of our digital channels, I just prefer Twitter myself. But if you are watching the video, you can see the standings on your screen, and we're looking right now at the Pacific Division standings. Calgary, Los Angeles, Edmonton, Vegas, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose, and Seattle. And the Knights will be going to Seattle next week. First trip up to Climate Pledge Arena. Couple of games there and then one in Vancouver. And those are teams that uh, we don't expect to be in the postseason this year, but again, there's 16 games left. Who knows? Yeah, and it's an old school setup. It's like when I played in the 80s, when you were flying commercial in the NHL, you play a game in Seattle on Wednesday, day off, and you play again. In the same place. In the same place on 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 Friday. So those of us who travel love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a unique uh, experience. I don't know how it ended up there with the schedule makers, but um, I'm looking forward to because I'll be on the radio with you during that trip. So that that's kind of a cool experience. That's right. Yeah. And sidebar because there's a lot to talk about. And one of the things we're going to, to address here, we we've off, been offering the standings. The next thing to address will be why and what's next. Uh, so you can start pondering at home uh, how we might answer those questions why and what's next but sidebar for a moment on the scheduling last year with the abbreviated schedule 56 games only playing within the division it made a lot of sense to go to st louis or colorado or minnesota or wherever else and play two games in that city i remember a few years back talking to jonathan taves in the blackhawks dressing room how chicago kind of gets squeezed though they are centrally located right they are stuck with a one-game trip to Winnipeg, then they come home. Then they go to New York for one game, then they come home. Then to California for a game. Because they're centrally located, they kind of get burned. Meanwhile, teams on either extreme, the East Coast or West Coast, they might have these six-game trips. But all in all, it's rare uh, these days uh, to have games in the same place. I wonder what you thought about that, Darren, last year, the way it was approached with two games in a city and the very rare occasion where teams play in the same market two games in a row. It's cool for for the fans potentially um, and the players certainly and everybody else involved in the, in the, the travel party, but it makes it difficult to be anything but a 500 result. Mm. It's tough to win back-to-back games against the same opponent. Um, and so in the same locale. So, you know, there, there's that part of it. Um, it, it. You know, you might be able to get this sniglet point because one might be an overtime loss or a shootout loss or something like that. But it, it's another thing. It's tough to make up ground to me if in that format. There are a couple of things, and I can see arguments on both sides, with what you just described, two games against the same team. 
from a coaching and player standpoint, preparation is a little easier. You right. see the oh, guys sure. today, you're going to see the same team. There's a counter-argument, and I'm, I don't agree with it, <laughs> that says, well, you know, if, um, if a certain team, let's say the Golden Knights are going to – Winnipeg, right? Which they did twice in a week, by the way. <laughs> right. So that's another they just one. Just stayed there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just, right. So just maybe bad example. Let's say Minnesota. Okay. <laughs> Vegas goes to Minnesota just the one time, and if you're a, a fan in Minnesota, you're going to go to a handful of games of the year. You're probably not going to go see Vegas and Minnesota two games in a row, right? Because you see, them. I disagree. I totally disagree with that because we saw last year that the familiarity breeds rivalry. Correct. So that when Vegas played eight games in the regular season against Minnesota, that seven-round playoff series was incredible. I mean, same thing with Colorado. And then when the Knights played Montreal, a team they had not seen all year, still an exciting series, but it didn't have the same intensity that the first two rounds had. Minor leagues, you're playing the same club 10, 12, oh. or more times a year. I'm not saying we need to go that far, <laughs> but I think that, in fact, rather than fans saying, oh, well, I don't want to go see the same team a couple of times in a row, uh, I would think I would be more encouraged, I'd be more engaged, whether I'm at the game or watching, and I think over the long haul, I've become more engaged as a fan as rivalries build. So I think there's a macro approach to that as well. That's a big sidebar that, from yours that, truly. That was, that was uh, <laughs> market research brought to you by Dan Duke. Yeah, that's all anecdotal. <laughs> yeah, no no science behind it. Just my approach as a fan growing up in a big hockey market yeah, outside of New York City and then, of course, what we've experienced here. So that's the sidebar on the schedule. We will have two games in Seattle next we week, and that'll be fun as – Obviously, Seattle is on the wrong side of the standings in a big way, and they've had a sell-off. What do you make of what they have done to approach this uh, inaugural season? Very different than what the Golden Knights have done. And for everybody streaming along and following along on our uh, various platforms, there you see the schedule uh, upcoming. Um, I think Seattle's done exactly what you thought they would do. I, I, this this would an expansion team, quote-unquote, their winning percentage is under 400. Uh, it, 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 but what you would expect, um, they, they got rid of a lot of veteran pieces um, that, that were playing and sold them off for draft picks. That's kind of what you uh, would expect. Um, it, it made uh, it made Pouliot actually <laughs> somebody they yeah. picked up off waivers because they needed bodies. Right, right. right. And Derek Pouliot had played a couple of games for the Golden Knights. He was with the team on the way to Minnesota, and then all of a sudden – Got claimed by Seattle, like you said, because they needed somebody. They need some, and so that's about what you would expect um, from a team in that situation. And um, I, I think they have a, a decent plan, just going the longer route. It just really, again, highlights how successful, like uh, unbelievably successful, the Golden Knights were in their first year. I mean, all the way to San Francisco. It's not that hard, you know. I mean, it's not that easy to get to the final, regardless. So you do it in your first year, unprecedented. Seattle, maybe the other teams learned a little bit from the process. Same rules um, on the uh, you know the expansion draft, and, and yet the results are different. But I think their long-term vision is, is is pretty solid. And one of the things that is in common, just a different timetable, acquiring draft picks. Correct. They're doing it now. Seattle did not do that going into its first draft. Right. There were seven rounds. They just had their seven picks. Yep. Meanwhile, for Vegas – the moves that they made, not only were they acquiring players in the expansion draft, they also acquired an additional five picks. They had 12 in seven rounds, including several in the first round. And though those first-rounders uh, have not turned 
into as much NHL production here. They have flipped some of those first-round players to acquire the likes of Mark Stone and Jack Eichel and on and on we go. All right, so that's a little taste of what's upcoming. Yep. We've got answers to that question I posed a moment ago. Why? The Knights winless their last two games, shut out in Minnesota 3-0, shut out in Winnipeg 4-0 yesterday. So the question is why? We're going to hear from a couple of people from the dressing room last night in Winnipeg. We'll get Darren's thoughts on that, and we'll continue to then pose the question, what's next as Vegas hosts Nashville tomorrow? But first, let me tell you about the Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill. It's the perfect place to enjoy a pregame or postgame meal. You can come and watch the Golden Knights at one of Craggy Range's big screen TVs, or on the huge outdoor LED screen. Enjoy your favorite craft beer, wine, bourbon, all kinds of cocktails available. You catch the action right there at Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill. They've got 16 taps, 16 taps, along with a full menu for the whole family, full bar and everything. It's at the Dollar Loan Center, just left of the main entrance, and it even features an extended patio. Craggy Range Sports Bar and Grill is open daily, no ticket required. Open now at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson. With Darren Elliott, I'm Dan Duva. You are listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12.20 Pacific Time. I'm Dan Duva with Darren Elliott. This is Nighttime at Noon coming to you from Studio 31 at City National Arena in Summerlin. Golden Knights back at home for a contest against the Nashville Predators tomorrow. 7 o'clock start. And then on Saturday, noon, noon start against the Chicago Blackhawks. Again, Thursday against Nashville, Saturday against Chicago. And then the upcoming road trip, Seattle, Seattle, Vancouver, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Then we find ourselves into April. Whoa. I know. Normally, hockey season ends the first week of April because of the expected Olympic break. Everything pushed back a few weeks, so there still are 16 games to go in the regular season for the Knights, 66 down and 16 to go, and as mentioned, Nashville coming up tomorrow. Let's look back now on what happened on the road trip. Knights lose first in Minnesota 3-0, and then last night in Winnipeg 4-0. Before we dive into it, Darren, was there something – that you you see it as a big picture part of the trip more more so or, or, or little things what what do you take no, out of this I, I thought they actually I thought the effort was was pretty good yeah both games um, it's your roster yeah I, I mean there was a you know one of the situations might have been the first goal in against in against Minnesota and I said there were five HSK players on the ice plus Brett Houghton. That was who was on the ice. Nothing against those players, but it was confusion defensively because it's the NHL, it's faster, and you haven't played together, and oh boy, here I am, and it's in your net. Um, but I thought they got pucks to the net. Maybe they didn't have the best uh, traffic in front, but I thought they really got pucks to the net, put pucks on net. Hellebuck had a, a, a strong game. Um, you really have to make his life difficult. Not unable to do that, but really, to me, look where you are. I mean, there are guys playing hard, but 
they're your depth guys. They're, they're, yeah. And you're beyond, you're, they're depth guys behind your depth guys, you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll dial it back. Going to the last road trip, the Knights played in Winnipeg. Yes. And ended up losing 7-3. to three. And when they came home, they were buoyed not only by coming home, but they also got two guys into the lineup in Howden and Yanmark. Correct. And you saw what kind of a boost that gave the whole team. They beat the Florida Panthers. Right. And by the way, and the winning the goalie. Right, and then stopped the Kings. But the goalie, the starting goalie for both of those games is Logan Thompson. In other words, as much as you'd like to see Robin Leonard back, and we know Lauren Brossois perhaps is not uh, on top of his game at the moment, this is not on goaltending at all. Let me just get that out of exactly. the way. Exactly. Played very well. Yes, yes. So Yanmark and Howden come in, and they look great for two games. Right. And then what happens? They go on the road, and the Donov trade occurs. Mike Amadio and Zach Whitecloud are added to the COVID list. Derek Pouliot gets claimed on waivers. So all of a sudden, you thought you had gotten two guys back, and boom, like, okay, we can play with anybody. Now you go on the road and you lose four, four guys. Four guys from four your guys. Two, that played in your two victories. Right, exactly. It's like, so so that's, that was a tough one for those two games. And I thought, actually, um, effort-wise and execution-wise, you just couldn't stick the puck in the net. Yeah, yeah. And just to wrap up on the Henderson Silver Knights yeah. side of this, you, you mentioned the, the guys that were on the ice. So just yesterday in Winnipeg, it was Lecision, Cotter, Hayes, Miramanov, and Thompson. Right. And then the scratches, <laughs> in addition to that, the guys who were available, Ron Bjerg and Pahal. That, that's Both who played yeah. the game before. Right, exactly, exactly. So you've got just, you know, the players on the roster that – there seven Henderson guys were on the roster Correct. for last night's contest in Winnipeg. And we'll get to Zach Hayes a little bit later in the program, but his travel <laughs> to get to Minnesota in time for the game, just a remarkable story. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Zach Hayes, number 65 for Henderson and for the Golden Knights, making his debut, played the last couple of games. Great story. We're going to get to that. Okay, so then what happened against the Jets yesterday, Darren? was not dissimilar from what oh. happened the previous visit to Winnipeg where the Jets had no shots on goal. Had nothing going on. For 10-plus minutes. The first visit was about 11 or 12. Last night it was 15 minutes, and while the Knights were out playing the Jets, they might have puck possession, they might have suppressed opposing shots. Last time I checked, the name of the game was to score goals. They had 17 shots on goal, but again, Hellebuck's capable of fine play, and he played very well last night. There wasn't a lot, you know, that really forced him to move side to side. His reads were excellent. He, was, he plays deep, mm. so you really have to encroach on him to have success against him. You're not going to beat him from distance, and they didn't. Um, and if there was, you know, a criticism, and I'm not criticizing the players, again, that's the roster. We just went through it. Yeah. It's hard enough to, to get to the spot to shoot, never mind have all the other pieces working where you've got a moving screen or a tip. So, you know, 17-4, to 4, I believe, were the shots in that first period. Two great saves, actually, by Logan Thompson late in that first period. Otherwise, it would have been exactly like last week when there were two goals late in the first period where Winnipeg was like, huh, lethargic, didn't seem very interested, and we're up to nothing. It just took a little bit longer into the second period for that same thing to play out. Yeah, you and I were talking to some Jets folks, and 
had those conversations again yesterday. A little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing happening with the Jets where yeah. within a game or game to game, they'd beaten the Knights 7-3 to after a dreadful start, but then they had the big win. Then they play Boston. They lose 4-2. to Then they go to Chicago with 6-4. to Then they have a dreadful start against Vegas, but end up getting a shutout win. Right. Let's find out what the word was in the locker room. Jonathan Marcheseau, who is now – at 60 games played out of 66 this year, team leading goal scorer and point getter. Here's Jonathan Marcheseau last night, post game and cut one. Yeah, you're not gonna make it, uh, make it to the playoff doing that. Uh, we gotta ramp up some wins in uh, here, and uh, it was just disappointed effort. I think we started well, but uh, we gotta find a, a way to play with the lead as well. Not always trailing. We've been trailing all our games for the past month and a half almost now, so. Uh, it's kind of uh, hard on the body, definitely more exhausting, and uh, got to find a way to get the the few uh, the first few ones there. That's Jonathan Marsh's so post game last night in Winnipeg. It doesn't take an expert to realize that scoring a game's first goal and playing with lead is preferable to giving up a first goal and playing from a, from behind. And while the Knights had been one of the best in the league at scoring first through the first four months of the season, they have all of a sudden become dreadful. Yeah, and, and throughout their history, actually, yep. have been a, a good front-running team, come out hard, score, and then just you know continue that kind of pace. Um, now you've lost seven straight on the road, and you lo- have given up the first goal in, in all seven of those games. Um, statistically, you, you typically you can just bank on almost 70% you're going to win if you score the first goal. That's without any kind of intricacies. Um, so right off the bat, you know you now have, it, from an odd standpoint, if you give up the first goal, you're closer to 30% chance of winning just by giving up that first goal. So, you know, that, that's, that's daunting. And then you add that, you could hear the, the frustration in, in Jonathan's voice because you're down to just pretty much one line that you would be expected to scoring with, with Carlson, who hasn't scored in forever, and is starting to look very frustrated and a little bit, as they call it, snake-bitten snake because he had good looks and just can't seem to, to get the puck past the goaltender. Um, that You're looking at Jack Eichel, who, who didn't play hockey for 11 months. Like This is what we're down to. And, and Jonathan Marsh is our leading goal scorer and point producer. So the frustration is they feel that burden and there's not a lot of support behind them, and thus you're, you're you know, kind of where you are on the road. And one of the players who had been scoring recently after himself a long right. drought was Evgeny Dodonov, four goals in four games, five goals in seven, seven before the trade, and again, that is not entirely resolved. The Golden Knights working with the league yeah. office to resolve the concerns there, so at the moment, uh, Dodonov unavailable for the Knights, just from a bookkeeping standpoint, he was listed as a scratch for last night's game. Right. So that's uh, that doesn't say anything about what could come, but from the NHL's point of view, the official game sheet listed had him as a roster. scratch. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's that. Who knows uh, how that might resolve. There, there may be um, you know, a variety of things that could result, but uh, right. we just don't know. Yeah. That's the bottom line. The trade happened on Monday, so it's already a weird day, trade deadline day. Now it lingers with this bizarre circumstance, and um, it's not resolved. So it just it, – Yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's taking the weirdness of trade deadline day and stretching it out over the course of several days. Well, and, and like you said, it's, it's very bizarre because even if you – can assign blame and, and figure out where, where it broke down, 
what's the resolution? The two yeah. might not be connected at all. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that's why it's taking so long. Yeah, so we wish we could share something with you on that front. The reality is there have been no updates uh, since yesterday. We don't know anything more. Uh, if we do hear anything more, of course, we will share it with you. We're on the air till 1 o'clock, so another half hour. But uh, at the moment, there is nothing new to report on that trade between the Golden Knights and the Ducks. We talked about playing from behind, the importance of scoring first. Jonathan Marsh so touched on that. Head coach Pete DeBoer also offering his perspective on that element in cut two. Yeah, it is difficult. I think we were the beneficiary earlier in the season of, of uh, I think I saw a stat where we scored first. You know, we, we were in the top five or six teams in the league and, and getting the first goal and changes the game. You know, we, we, uh, we stick the first goal in, then the other team's playing from behind. You can loosen up a little bit, especially when you're having trouble scoring like we are right now. That's Pete DeBoer speaking last night against the Winnipeg Jets. But more than that, he talks about, you know, you can loosen up. And that he's talking about how the players feel, but strategically, again, how when when our Golden Knights are playing at their best, what do they look like? They look like a four-line team and three D pairs. You're able to roll your lines. When you roll your lines, you have energy. When you have energy, you have forecheck. When you have forecheck, you get pucks and people to the paint. When you're chasing, especially with a depleted roster, you're now rolling Petrangelo and Shea Theodore to exhaustion because you're trying to score. You're trying to chase the game. Your top line is asked to do probably more, and they're doing it. They're out there more, but they don't have as much energy, so they're not as effective, so they're more frustrated. It, it's, uh, it's more than just, you know, hey, the guys are looser. <laughs> there's, there's some strategic and some, some practicality to scoring first and being able to utilize everybody properly. It was a vicious cycle that you just yeah. described. Yeah. What happened against the Kings, they scored first. It ends up as a 5-1 to one win. And you can point to a lot of good things that happened in the game. But chief among them was the fact that they scored first. Started there. And, and they could, I don't want to say coast to a win. That's nope. not fair. But as I mentioned a moment ago, it is far less exhausting right. when you have a lead and you're building upon it as opposed to trying to play catch-up, as, as Darren just explained. So, again, that is the reaction from the locker room last night, the loss against the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg sweeps the season series against Vegas, 3-0. Jets are now at 70 points, two back of the Golden Knights at 72. Knights at home against the Nashville Predators tomorrow. Well, with all of the guys unavailable, and I would go down the list, except we don't have that much time, (laughs) we will turn perspective to some of those guys who have come up from Henderson. Zach Hayes and his story in the last few days is remarkable chatted with him for the pregame show yesterday i want to share a few cuts of that interview with you in the next segment you're, you're not going to want to miss it i love talking with zach hayes but before we get to that let me tell you about the dollar loan center in henderson it has just opened its doors to the public and along with the new arena it has a brand new website visit the dollar loan center.com the dollar loan center.com for upcoming events seating charts, arena policies, and much more, including your chance to purchase tickets for upcoming events. You can catch the first Henderson Silver Knights game on April 2nd, not to mention Vegas Nighthawks games. Again, the website, thedollarloancenter.com. With Darren Elliott, this is Dan Duva. You are listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
12.37 Pacific Time. I'm Dan Duva with Darren Elliott. Golden Knights getting ready for the Nashville Predators tomorrow. That is a 7 o'clock start here at T-Mobile Arena. We are coming to you today from Studio 31 at City National Arena in Summerlin. Golden Knights are not involved in any on-ice activity today as a full team. They will, uh, of course, play tomorrow. We expect a full morning skate as well, but after back-to-back games on the road and losing 3 nothing and 4 nothing, deep breath for those guys. But with those guys, there is another team that plays in town, Darren, and that is the Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah. And we talked about this with a number of guys who have come up from Henderson. They lose one. Derek Pouliot comes up, plays a couple games for Vegas, then placed on waivers. Gets claimed by Seattle, and good opportunity for Derek. Yes. Hey, as an organization, you don't want to lose someone on waivers. Happened with Patrick Brown earlier this year, and now Derek Pouliot. The reality is, when you lose someone on waivers, it really is a chance for that individual to play at the National Hockey League level. And that's what's interesting to me about all this. We enjoy watching the sport and the teams, but the individual aspect of all this I find very interesting as well. So enter Zach Hayes, who played in the very first preseason game with the Golden Knights this year, but none since. Uh, the preseason, not in the regular yeah. season, and in the American Hockey League, uh, his time, is he's played in most of the games, has uh, appeared in 40 of the Henderson games prior to this week, and he gets the call to be the 13th defenseman that the Knights have used this year, the 36th skater, and the 39th player. <laughs> 39 players, only Chicago and Montreal have used more players on their roster this year than have the Golden Knights. So Hayes becomes player number 39 this year, the 80th player in franchise history. He becomes the 20th player to debut with the Golden Knights this year. 20 players have made their Golden Knights debut this year. Nine out of those 20 were NHL debuts. And, you know, when, when you take a look at those kinds, it's staggering. It's crazy. But, but but nine times we've seen the, the, the human story, the, the dream come true. Yes. For, for all those nine players that, that made their NHL debuts. So speaking of that story, let's turn the clock back a couple of days. This conversation you're about to hear was recorded yesterday between uh, the Knights taking on the Jets. But the story you're about to hear is from Monday afternoon where – Zach Hayes and the San Diego Gulls were about to depart on a road trip. So now, rather than us telling the story for you, here is Zach Hayes in his own words, recounting the events minute by minute, the tick-tock from Zach himself <laughs> in cut four. We were on the bus getting ready to go to San Diego. It was right after 12 o'clock, right after the trade deadline. And uh, Andrew Doty comes on the bus. He's like, you got to go, you got to go. Because I guess, so there's three guys that originally had been called up. And they are driving to the airport, and then they get a call. They're like, "You got to turn around." So then, grab my gear off the off the back of the butt or at the off the back of the trailer. Uh, grab sticks, grab everything. It's like 12:30, 12:45 at this point. We go to the the airport, get on the plane, and it's about a two and a half hour flight. But with the time change and everything, it makes it like a four like a four and a half hour flight. Right. So then, land at 5:45. And I kind of caught wind that I might be playing. I wasn't 100% sure. And then we're on the way to the rink, 
on the bus and it says, um, let me know when you guys get here, you're in tonight. And I was like, okay, that's exciting. But, and it was like 5.55 and we're on a bus going towards the rink and we're not getting there and we get in and it's probably like 6.18 by the time we get into the dressing room and start getting changed for 6.25 warmups. So it was pretty, pretty crazy day, but no time to really get nervous. <laughs> So, again, that's Zach Hayes yesterday talking about the call-up. Got the news at about 12.30 that he would be joining his fellow Silver Knights getting called up. They land at 5.45. There's a two-hour time difference, so that's 3.45 Pacific. So that's basically three hours from the time he gets word that he's getting called up to the time he lands. And then, basically half an hour after that, he's walking into the room. It's 6.18. Seven minutes later are warm-ups. So the next question I ask Zach at 618 and you walk in the room what do you do next in cut five uh i'm just panicking trying to get all my all like all my clothes on the hardest part is the socks because i find that my feet were sweating the whole time so i was just <laughs> trying to get those on uh but yeah i was just trying to get dressed as as quick as i could and get out there because i didn't want to miss the experience yeah yeah so so uh so you get out there uh and uh and what was that like just in off like I've played in a couple NHL arenas with playing um, junior hockey and in, in the West or Western Hockey League so played in Calgary played in played in Edmonton so it was kind of just a different experience just with how many people that were there already for like warm-ups and then just looking around and realizing where you are <laughs> so that's Zach Hayes and you may have noticed that Zach did not get to take the solo lap. The hot lap. The hot lap at the beginning of warm-ups, and now you know why. Because he was still getting dressed. And uh, I was not in the room, so I don't know if somebody said, like, hey, we should wait for Zach, or they just had to go down the tunnel. You heard Zach say. He couldn't do it. His, he, he feet was still were sweating. Putting, yes, feet were sweating. <laughs> he still had to get his socks on and everything. But yesterday yep. in Winnipeg, he did get to take that hot lap. He was the first guy on the ice for the Golden Knights, took a twirl around, and then Logan Thompson came out. And remarkable to hear all of that in Zach's oh, own it's words. It's great. And, you know, the thing is, having that that's a great tradition that's just grown over time, the hot lap. It never used to be in the game. Don't know where it originated. It would be a good, good, uh, good project to find out why. But the fact that he didn't have it the first game but did it for the second game, that makes it memorable even more so. Right. And then throw this into the equation. He is from Calgary, Alberta. Now, I am no Canadian geographical scholar. <laughs> However, I know that Calgary is in Edmonton. Uh, Calgary and Edmonton are over in Alberta, Alberta right. which is two provinces away from Manitoba. You got Saskatchewan in between. Yep. 14 hours between Calgary and Winnipeg was the estimate that Zach shared. Why is that important? Because Zach's parents, Trevor and Denise, decided to make the drive to Winnipeg. They couldn't possibly get to Minnesota time across the right. border. Zach barely got there in time. But to get <laughs> to Manitoba without knowing if their son would be in the lineup for the next game, they decided, Zach's parents... Trevor and Denise, they were going to hop in the car regardless <laughs> and make the 14-hour journey hoping that Zach would, in fact, be in the lineup. He was. And a similar situation for Zach's girlfriend, Nikki Dobell, who is not quite as far away as Calgary, 
she was only in Saskatoon, oh, which is still eight hours away. Yeah, half. I was going to say about halfway. <laughs> so, so that that is the the uh, the family support approach to all wow. of this. And the last question we asked Zach in uh, that we will share with you: What will he remember the most about making his <laughs> NHL debut a couple of days ago in Minnesota? Here is Zach in cut six. I think like. Honestly, the, the travel day leading up to it, and then just trying to throw on all my gear just to get out for get out for warmups, and then, unfortunately, like I wasn't the first guy out on the ice, which a lot of guys do, but I was just like, whatever, I'm I'm here. So then, being I was probably one of the last guys out just because I was trying to get dressed. Uh, they might not have known that you were there. Yeah. <laughs> so then got out, got out, and just kind of like as soon as you step out of the tunnel, just kind of like look around and just see that the amount of people and just realizing that I'm here, I made it. And then he got to play with Braden Pahal. The two of those players, not only teammates in Henderson, they were teammates in Prince Albert in the WHL. Those two guys won a WHL championship together three years ago. And Jake LeCision is Zach's roommate here in the Valley. So he's getting to experience this with these guys with whom boys. he has known for quite a while. Just a, a wonderful uh, story for Zach and uh, got to play his first couple of games and uh, an experience that will uh, last a lifetime. He also shared with us in that interview, and we'll have it available on our SoundCloud page, uh, I asked if he got any souvenirs. He said, yes, I, I got a game puck, <laughs> and he's adding that to his collection of pucks. He has his first WHL goal puck and his first AHL goal puck. And now he's got a third one. He's planning to build a little showcase for it. And uh, that one will surely be added. So that is Zach Hayes. Welcome to the show, Zach. The ninth player to make his NHL debut for the Golden Knights you this mentioned, year. You just mentioned a couple of the other ones. Lecision you know, and Pahal, uh, his defense partner. Um, there's the joy in the game. You know, like We don't like what's been happening uh, in the standings. But the human side of the game... Uh, it's going on. Those guys, yeah, they want different results too. But from a individual standpoint, like you heard him say, I made it. You know, that's so cool. So cool. Speaking of the Henderson Silver Knights, if you need more hockey, you can check out the Silver Knights of the American Hockey League for their first game at their new home, the Dollar Loan Center. Silver Knights begin their tenure at their new home on April 2nd. That is just days away. Oh, my goodness. At one point, it was years, then it was months, then weeks. Now it's just days away. Single game, group, and mini suite tickets for home games during this season are on sale now. Contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team. Here's the number, 702-645-4259. I'll give you that number again, 702-645-4259. Give them a ring and see what they have to offer. An incredible building. Uh, just spectacular. They've yeah, they've had a variety of events there already. First Silver Knights game is April 2nd. That'll be cool. Ten days next weekend, I think. Oh, my gosh. That's right. It's finally here. Just a, an incredible project that is blossoming in front of our eyes there in Henderson. Okay. We will step aside. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, set you up for Vegas and Nashville tomorrow. Alongside Darren Elliott, this is Dan Duva. You are listening to Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 12.52 Pacific Time. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Duva. With Darren Elliott, this is Nighttime at Noon, wrapping things up here on the program, coming to you from City National Arena in Summerlin, inside Studio 31. We were talking about that hockey team over in Henderson, the Silver Knights, yep. coming up on their first game inside the Dollar Loan Center. Well, the Vegas Nighthawks have already begun their tenure at the Dollar Loan Center. You could be one of the first to join the Vegas Nighthawks family, secure your seat selection, and place a refundable $20 deposit at nighthawksfootball.com. Full season membership starts at just $10 per ticket per game at the Dollar Loan Center in Henderson, Vegas, Nighthawks football. They won their first game over at the Dollar they Loan play Center. play again this Sunday, and uh, I believe, and then, then the ice goes in. And, and they get the ready for the Silver Knights. Very exciting stuff. Okay, a few minutes left on the program here. A couple of housekeeping items. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Lauren Brossois. Tomorrow, not only is a game against the Nashville Predators, it will oh, be yeah. the 1,000th game coached in the NHL for head coach Pete DeBoer. I did not know that. There are uh, not too many who get to that point, surpassed 500 wins earlier this season, and not too many people have done that. Right. But it is an exclusive list to get to that point in uh, in a coach's career. And um, you would think that uh, Pete wants to. He can be a coach in this league for a long time to come. So 1,000 tomorrow. I'm sure that will be a topic of conversation on our broadcast. Of course, our AT&T Sportsnet friends have the television coverage, and you'll have the radio broadcast here on Fox Sports Las Vegas and all along the Vegas Golden Knights radio network. Well, Darren, as the Knights get ready for the Predators, mentioned that Nashville lost against the Kings in a big way last night. They come in, first wild card spot. I wonder whether it's with Nashville or some of the other teams in the mix in the Western Conference, there were a bunch of moves made at the deadline, some bigger than others, some just before the deadline, some right up to it. What, if anything, stuck out to you? Well, arguably the top team, I think everyone thinks the Avalanche top team in the, in the Western Conference, they loaded up. Josh Manson on the blue line, uh, Artari Lekkanen up front. Um, so, Cogliano. Cogliano. So, so all kinds of depth. Yeah. So, so they're five lines and eight deep, yep. and that's what you typically have to be. And when I say deep, we're not talking about call-ups like we've been talking about here. <laughs> we're talking about proven yeah. NHLers. That's how deep uh, the Avs are. Um, the, actually, the team that I like at, you know, at first blush, what the Rangers did. Because the Rangers added uh, Frankie Vitrano, Tyler Mott, Andrew Kopp. That's all NHL line. Boom, right in there. And then they also had Justin Braun on defense. And then they got smashed by the Devils last night. Well, because cause they didn't know each other. They had name <laughs> right. tags on. Right, yeah. Four, four players is a lot uh, to integrate all at once. But, you know, I think that if I, I looked at the Rangers, like they wanted some depth up front. Wow. It's not the biggest names, but really practical moves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Calgary didn't do much. They didn't have to. Um, but... Again, I think that uh, the Avs did what they had to do. Tampa, you know, they went out and they um, did what they wanted to do in, in, in getting the type of player that's in Florida loaded up. Yeah. So, you know, everybody looked at their own situation in, in relation to trying to win the Cup and did what they thought was best. We will find out at some point. Not right now. We don't yeah. have an answer. We will find out at some point what happens with Evgeny Dodonov traded to the Anaheim Ducks. But some complications there. So the Golden Knights working with the league to resolve that situation 
Maybe we'll find out by tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, maybe he plays for the Golden Knights, but also maybe he is officially off the roster. We just don't know at this point. That is tomorrow, 7 o'clock at T-Mobile Arena. It is Vegas and Nashville. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks to Jared, Floyd, Lauren, everybody else behind the scenes. For Darren, I'm Dan. Have a great day, everybody.